0: The Missouri quarterback competition appears to be down to two men for this week. And also, well, we knew the Conzo Martin buyout was about $6 million after this season if Missouri wanted to move on. But did you know it's actually much, much more costly than that? All of this and more coming up right now on Locked on Mizzou.
1: You are locked on Mizzou, your daily podcast on the Missouri Tigers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
0: Hey, all you true sons and daughters, I'm John Miller, your Mizzou mafioso and the central scrutinizer of Missouri Tigers football and basketball. And thank you for making this show your first listen. And please do make one of our many. Many other Missouri shows like Locked On Royals, Locked On Cardinals, or Locked On Blues, Locked On Chiefs, whatever your bag is, you got to check it all out wherever you get your podcasts. So you know just really quickly here at the top, I want to correct something from yesterday's show. I said that Mario McKinney moved on to junior college, which was true for a while, but now Mario is at New Mexico State as somebody on YouTube, hope helpfully pointed out. So thanks to that commenter. Seriously, it's nice to get a helpful YouTube comment for a change. But you know what? Hopefully I'll be helpful to you on this edition of Locked on Mizzou. So far, it looks like just based on the portion of practice that Missouri media got to see this week, looks like we're down to Connor Bazalack and Brady Cook as your potential starters for Saturday's game against Florida. Nothing against Tyler Macon, but it doesn't seem like he's in the plans right now. And Eli Drinkwitz has definitely said that he doesn't have time to to prepare three players to play that position in just one week. And you know what? If Missouri's going to win this game, I think it's really paramount that the Tigers get off to a fast start. And often this season, other than maybe with the exception of Notably, the Boston College game, I thought Missouri got off to a really good start for the most part, but often the Tigers have just dug themselves holes lately in this season. So whoever Missouri's starting quarterback is, whatever we do, don't throw the ball up for grabs like we did in our first drive in the previous game. And the thing is, with as much talent as Florida should have in theory, this just looks like a team that's ready to fold. So if Missouri can get a quick 7-0 lead, maybe force a three-and-out on defense, get the crowd into the ball game, maybe the maybe the Gators will just be ready to get on that flight a little early mentally and head back to Gainesville. I think that's a strong possibility, actually. And if that's going to happen, well, obviously that Missouri defense is is going to have quite a challenge in front of it still at this point, because obviously the Florida defense has had major, major issues recently, including giving up over 50 points to Samford this past weekend, and 42 of which were in the first half. That's pretty frightening if you're a Gator fan. But again, that offense, though, while Missouri has played a lot better defense the last couple weeks, I wouldn't just be guaranteeing that Missouri is going to shut down the Florida offense by any stretch of the imagination this week. Emory Jones, for as limited as he can be as a passer at times, I do think he's improved as a passer this season. But, man, he's a really strong runner. Dan Mullen, you got to give him credit for being able to design a varied rushing attack that takes advantage of a runner at quarterback. So Steve Wilkes and that defense – They've got a a big challenge on their hands this weekend. Now, Steve Wilkes was asked, what's the difference been the past two or three weeks, especially the last couple weeks, right? A good showing on the ground against Georgia, a really good showing overall, its best defensive performance of the season, for my money, against South Carolina. Well, according to Wilkes, it's all been the same scheme. And from what I can tell, that's exactly right. I haven't seen a whole lot different. According to Wilkes, it's a my gap mentality defense. And this is a quote here. And when I say my gap, great things happen. Basically what he's saying is do your job, to put it really simply. And that's what I saw a lot on film during a lot of Missouri's defensive struggles is just guys trying to do too much. Guys lunging at the football, trying to make plays that are outside of their responsibilities. So now the Missouri has seemed to just settle in as this season has gone along, hopefully they'll at least, as Blaze Aldridge said, at least they'll be on the way to sort of playing half-decent defense. As long as they're not the worst defense in the country like they were the first half of the season, well, the Tigers have a chance. And you know what? When it comes to not only the Florida defense and the Missouri defense, obviously a lot of reasons to question both. But even so, for whatever reason, that 69, the total, A a number the antlers obviously enjoy very much. But over at betonline.ag, the over under for Saturday's game is 69 points. That just seems awfully high to me. It seems like, again, with Florida reeling here a little bit, number one, Missouri playing a little bit better defense here recently, but also just has Missouri been in a lot of shootouts this season? Just doesn't seem like that's necessarily going to be the kind of game that we're going to see. Either Missouri is going to win, I think, a close game that goes under that, or perhaps Florida just imposes their will offensively. Tigers can't get any stops early, and maybe they get down 14-0 early, something like that makes it tough to come back, sort of like the Tennessee and Texas A&M games, unfortunately. I could see those scenarios playing themselves out, but I'm still thinking a close game is probably more likely based on what we've seen from Florida. So for some reason, I just want to go against the conventional wisdom here and take the under 69 points. Call me crazy. But if you have your own feelings about how this Missouri-Florida football game is going to play out, or any other game throughout the country, well, Prize Picks has you covered, because they're a leader in college sports daily fantasy, offering more college football props, on the mid majors and the power five than anybody out there. And if you want to test a proposition on, say, our boy Tyler Beatty, for instance, well, you'll have plenty of options over at prize picks, combine multiple propositions together for even better odds. And you get and guess what? When you use the promo code locked on, here's the best part you'll get a 100 percent deposit match up to 100 dollars Again, just be sure. Use that promo code locked on to receive a one hundred percent instant deposit match, all the way up to a hundred bucks at Prize Picks Daily Fantasy Made Easy. Before we get back into the gridiron, let's shift our attention to basketball just for a moment. And this becomes because Gabe Darmond over at Power Mizzou. Did some nice reporting here recently about Conzo Martin's contract and his buyout. So, if you're getting concerned about the Conzo Martin era, and frankly, after getting blown out by Kansas City, who could blame you? Well, there's something very, very interesting to note here that Gabe uncovered. You see, I think most of us realize that there's a fairly significant buyout at the end of this season. 6 million dollars is the number and I've seen that number a lot online. It seems like a lot of fans are very aware that hey, Missouri wants to get rid of Conzo after this season, they're going to have to pony up 6 million bucks. But what's not so well known is that after Missouri made the NCAA tournament last season, well that triggered not only the doubling of Conzo's buyouts from 3 million to 6 million after this season. Well, there's also a date there that is, to me, even more significant than the buyout total itself, because Conzo can now not be terminated before May 1st. So even if Missouri, with its athletic department that's been running in the red for a few years now, even if they're able to find some donors or a rich donor to pony up that kind of dough If they can find themselves the $6 million man, literally, well, that's fantastic. But here's the problem. May 1st, that is a full month after the end of the NCAA tournament. And in terms of colleges trying to fill their head coaching vacancies a month after the NCAA tournament is an absolute eternity. For example, Conzo Martin himself was hired on March 15th of 2017, a full month and a half before that May 1st deadline. So for all intents and purposes, we cannot fire Conzo Martin this year unless, frankly, we'll have to come to another agreement. And by we, I mean the Missouri Athletic Department will have to come to a separate agreement agreement, another buyout sort of thing where, hey, Konzo, okay, maybe we'll give you $8 million if you'll let us fire you on March 15th. And by the way, we won't call it firing. We'll call it mutually parting ways. So to me, I said yesterday on the program that even with the benefit of hindsight, I don't know how you don't do the Konzo Martin thing. I don't know how you don't give him, give him the money. If, if that's what it took to get the porters in the fold. I think after three years in the basement of the SEC, that's what you had to do. But if you would have told me this clause, because by the way, this clause is in effect the following year as well, even though the buyout is cut in half to $3 million in 2023, well, the May 1st deadline remains. So number one, whoever is Conzo Martin's agent, Well played, sir. You did your client a heck of a job there. That's one of the craziest contracts I've ever seen. But number two, if you're the Missouri Athletic Department, if you're former Missouri Athletic Director Jim Sterk, what were you thinking? Listen, the buyout was one thing. Six million bucks, I mean, that's a lot of money. But, man, if you really want to get rid of a guy, you can probably find six million dollars somewhere. I hate to say it. But the May 1st thing is a non-starter. Nobody should have ever agreed to that. And frankly, everybody at the Missouri Athletic Department should be taking a look in the mirror for that one. And coming up, I've got another crazy Tyler Beatty stat. It's going to give you some great context about the incredible season that that young man is having. And I also want to give a little bit of credit to South Carolina coach Shane Beamer, for having the guts to do something that a lot of coaches, including Bob Stoops, wouldn't have the guts to do. But before we get there, let's do a little visualization exercise, okay? Stick with me here for a second. The putt to win the tournament. This is it. If you sink it, the championship is yours. You'll be holding the claret jug. But on your back swing, oh no, your hat falls over your eyes. Is this how you're running your business? Poor visibility because you're still relying on spreadsheets and outdated finance software? Well, to see the full picture, you need to upgrade to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system to power your growth. With visibility and control of your financials, inventory, HR, planning, budgeting, and more, NetSuite is everything you need to grow all in one place. Over 27,000 businesses already use NetSuite. And right now, through the end of this year, NetSuite is offering a one of a kind financing program to those ready to upgrade at netsuitecom locked on NCAA. Head to netsuitecom locked on NCAA for special end of year financing on the number one financial system. For growing businesses. That's netsuite.com slash locked on NCAA. And by Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar ever conceived in this universe, or frankly, any other. Let's be brutally honest. And if you haven't tried a Built Bar by now, you're simply missing out because these are not your grandma's protein bars. No, these actually taste good. They're not chalky. They're not waxy. No, Built Bars are soft, covered in 100% real chocolate. And when you bite into one, you know you're getting something different and something good. And not only are they good tasting, well, they're good for you because they're low carb, low calorie, low fat, low sugar, and high in protein. So what more could you possibly ask for? From a protein bar. And this month, Built Bar coming out with new limited time flavors every three or four days. So go to built.com, use the promo code LOCK15 to get 15% off your order. Once again, promo LOCK15 for 15% off at built.com. Derek Henry, Leonard Fournette, and Tyler Beatty. What do those three guys all have in common? Well, they're the only three running backs in the SEC in the past 20 years since the year 2000 to have four 200-yard rushing games in a season. So Derrick Henry, an absolute freak of nature and a Heisman Trophy winner. Leonard Fournette, not too far behind a Super Bowl champion with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers last season. Not too bad, Tyler Beatty. Not too bad, but I will say as much as I love Tyler Beatty, and as much as a good, gir- I thought Eli Drinkwitz called a great football game for the most part on Saturday against the Gamecocks. I'm getting a little bit tired of on third and sixteen, Missouri simply flipping the ball out in the flat to Tyler Beatty and expecting him to do it all and pick up a first down. Not only do I think that the defense is catching up to that. It's just getting a little bit too predictable at this point. I just think you're asking too much from Beatty at that point. I really do. And plus, on a, at this point, on a third and 16, you're almost giving away that he's getting the football because in an obvious passing situation, often Missouri has Dawson Downing in at running back. So if, if Beatty is in there, you can almost bet 80% of the time he's going to touch the football. So we got to change up our third and long calls a little bit to me, regardless of who's a quarterback on Saturday. And finally, while this offseason, the 12-team college football playoff started getting quite a bit of momentum, and even to the point where Commissioner Greg Sankey essentially said that eight was off the table, in his humble opinion. He'd rather stay at four than go to eight, so he wants to go to 12. And you know what? The longer I sit with it, it starts to feel like 12 is about the right number. You're always going to have the power five conference champions in there in that scenario. And plus, a team like Cincinnati or, or UCF from a few years ago or Boise State, well, they're going to get a real honest-to-goodness shot. But you know what? One of the newest members of the Locked On Podcast Network is Jay Crawford former personality over at ESPN. Well, he thinks we should take it just a little bit farther and go to 16. Just a quick clip here I want to share with you, Jay Crawford of the Locked On Pod Network.
1: I'm sure you've noticed in the NFL, but this year more than any other, the league really is a week-to-week league. We saw that when the Jags beat the Bills and the Ravens beat the Dolphins. There's been dozens of NFL Shockers this year. I bring this up not to complain, just to make a point. Somehow, on any given Sunday, the bottom of the league can stand up and punch the top of the league in the mouth. And I think that's a good thing. That's the way it's supposed to be. And I guarantee you that will make for a great December and January. The teams we thought two weeks ago were the powerhouses, Arizona, Baltimore, the Bills, all of those teams, they've suffered WTF losses in the last two weeks. It will all sort itself out in December and January, and they'll decide their champion on the field the way it should be. Compare that to the absolute absurdity of Division I college football, where they have four times the number of teams, but only four of those teams will make the playoffs, and those will be decided by humans. So let's recap. 32 NFL teams, almost half the League 14, will make the playoffs, and they'll play it out on the field. In Division I FBS, there's 129 teams, and four of those, selected by humans with undoubted bias, will get a chance to play in the playoffs. You'll have three games, and by the way, those three games won't begin until three weeks after the regular season. That is absurd. I have a solution. There's 11 conferences in FBS football. Win your conference championship game, you get an automatic bid to a 16-team tournament. There's five at-large bids. That would make the case for the teams that are powerhouses that had a great regular season but somehow lost in their conference championship game. You get 16 teams, you throw them into a tournament, you can play it and end the season at the same time because you don't take three weeks off before you start your playoffs. It's really quite simple and it's about time we get that done. That's my take. I'm Jay Crawford. Now Jay certainly makes a compelling
0: case there. The only thing I might say is his argument almost sounds to me like We need to have a lot fewer teams in Division I football. That's one of the things, because I don't know that every single champion needs to be in the 16-team playoff. That's the one thing I might quibble with there. So, until next time, I am John Miller, and this has been Locked on Mizzou.